please enjoy that with your coffee this afternoon. Uh, I'd like to invite up my mother-in-law, Sister Pura Rinley. I honour her this morning. I've asked her to uh, give us a word of encouragement today. I, I love this woman. I could not have asked for a better mother-in-law. She is such a blessing in my life, in the, in the life of my children and my husband. And I'd like her to encourage the church. And after that, if we can ask Sister Rachel to come up. Good morning, everyone. Um, firstly, I thank and praise God for um, my mother, my late mother. Uh, for me, she exemplified the many uh, virtues of Proverbs 31, 10 to 31. By the age of 36, she already had 10 children, and uh, she gave them all unconditional love that each of my siblings felt that they are my mother's favorite child. With many children to feed, clothe, and uh, look after, she had time, she even had time to find work outside of home to supplement our, um, uh, the family's income. Um, as a mother, she endured some hardships, but we never heard her complain. And she even brought a lot of laughter that filled our home. I may sound um, a bit biased by saying motherhood is the toughest job um, in the world, but it's one that brings us the greatest joy. It is a job for a lifetime that has no retirement or pension plan. <laughs> but God has covered a plan. He's got, uh, you know, we've got God's plan. As in Jeremiah uh, 2911, and this is from uh, New Living Translation. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a, a future and a hope. So you see the superannuation or lifetime benefit of the mother's job is invaluable. And we reap the benefit when we see our children become a contributing member of the community, and they are following Jesus. Sometimes this benefit uh, gets deferred because one of our children took the wrong path in life and made some wrong choices. But I believe because of their mother's abounding love, sacrifices, kindness, patience, and unceasing prayer for her child, God's heart God's heart is, uh, is moved, and by his grace and mercy, those prodigal sons and daughters come back to God's household. Amen. Being a single mom is a lot harder because sometimes she would have also to fill in the father's role. I know what it's like because I was once a young single mom. I don't know what it's like in the Philippines now, but back then, many, 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 many years ago, a single mother did not receive any financial or any kind of help from the government. On top of that, my children's father did not have any financial or parental input in my children's life. Living with my parents helped tremendously in bringing up my children, so the grandparents' role are very important. I was stuck with my kids in terms of discipline and boundaries. Although my children were not profoundly affected by their parents' divorce, 
the absence of a father did have an adverse effect on them. As you know the story of my son's life, he got into drugs and committed a crime. When that happened, I was racked with guilt over my failure as a mother. But praise be to Jesus, he turned my son's life around and he's now serving our Lord. And through my son's persistent preaching to me, I came to know the Lord and eventually gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> my, do my daughter is still in the world, but God is merciful and faithful to our prayers. And I believe that one day she will bow down to our Father God, repent and follow Jesus. And lastly, Motherhood is not limited to those who have children. I would just like to say this poem by Janelle McBride. A mother comes with, with all different names. Aunts who love, worry, and play. Teachers who help you, guide you, and set your aim. Sisters who listen, cry, and put your worries at bay. Grandmas with, cook with warm cookies hugs and prayers so you'll never stray. Yes, a mother does come with all kinds of names. Thank you to all women for being a mother to someone's child. Amen. Good morning, POS family. Happy Mother's Day to everyone all the mothers and all those who care for us like a mother. Um, thank you to Sister Robin also for the opportunity to speak a word of encouragement this morning. Well, today I'd like to start with a joke and I've got to add to the mama jokes out there, okay? There's lots of dad jokes, but here's a mama joke, okay? If you'd all would in, uh, join in with me. Knock, knock. Interrupting cow. Moo. <laughs> I interrupted you, so. So, oh, there we go, there we go. So this morning, obviously, I'd like to talk about the subject of interruptions. Since becoming a mother of, in December 2014, I've learned very quickly that one of the greatest qualities of being a mum is how to handle interruptions. Hands up all the mums who know what I'm talking about. <laughs> interruptions to our nice hot showers, to our much-needed sleep, or the nappy pong just as you're about to leave for church or work. The flu invading your house right before a main event. And your kids interrupting your deep and meaningful with a friend with a thousand questions. No matter how many times you say, please don't interrupt mummy while I'm, and so on. The more children, the more interruptions. But how do we handle the larger life interruptions? You know, the shaken relationships, a failed course, an injury preventing employment, terminal illness, or a loved one passing. After all, we don't exactly plan to be interrupted by those types of things. In Luke 10.30, we read about the Good Samaritan. And in a recap, a man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Thieves stripped him of his clothing. They beated him, wounded him, leaving him half dead. The priest came down that road, saw him, but passed on the other side. A Levite looked at him, saw him, passed on the other side. A Samaritan saw him, had compassion, 
bandaged his wounds, took him in his own animal, took care of him at an inn, stayed overnight, paid the innkeeper extra to take care of him until he returned. Verse 36, it says, So which of these three do you think was a neighbour to him who fell among the thieves? Verse 37, He who showed mercy to him. Then Jesus said, Go and do likewise. The main idea that I would like to draw from this is that there are two men who saw an interruption. One man saw an invitation. It's approximately 25 to 30 kilometres from Jerusalem to Jericho and via the straightest path. And it's rocky and it's dangerous and it's notorious for being a really difficult road. We can safely assume that the priest and the Levite were good men, religious men. Maybe the priest and the Levite were running late to their destination and they were focused on arriving there that they were too busy to stop. Likewise, so many of us are missing opportunities, not because we're bad people, but because we're too busy. You see, some of life's greatest invitations come packaged as interruptions. Interruptions don't have to be viewed as thieves who take away, but as divinely ordered opportunities where God can add to our lives. And how often do we not allow space in our life? We wake up, we have breakfast, we get changed, we go to school, we go to work, we go to church, we go back home and then we pick up kids. We book this, we email them, we organise birthdays, we get the groceries, we pay the bills, clean the house, pick up the toys, we're washing, drying, folding, repeat. And our day is so full of everything and that everything is almost an interruption to us. So full that sometimes we don't have time for a child who needs extra attention or for a friend who's going through a trial and would appreciate a phone call. There are days even with my three kids and, you know, like we're walking in a a mall or a shopping centre and like, oh, no, you fell down. All right, come on, get up, let's go. We don't have time for you to fall down and just quickly, quickly, let's get, get through this. But God isn't concerned about how these interruptions affect my schedule, even if it's full of doing his work. But he wants me to fulfil his will for my life. And so if I leave space, God will present an opportunity to meet a need for his glory. And sometimes I'm just so busy that even if God presented me with a need, I'm not even sure I would even see it. The way we see determines the way we feel. The scripture says that the priest and Levite and the Samaritan, they all saw him, they all looked at the man. However, two out of the three men saw this as an interruption on their journey. And when God wants to use someone, he'll use someone that will see a situation through his eyes. Abraham Maslow said, if the only tool you have is a hammer, you tend to see every problem as a nail. So if we see an interruption, we will feel frustration. But if we see an invitation, we will feel anticipation of what God could do in that situation. Amen. You know, there are those motherhood days where your reality at home or on the job with the kids, it's just a constant interruption, which leads us to thinking, oh, I just want to get these things done and I don't really have time for this and I don't really need this happening right now. And it can be really frustrating. But I can either see all the things that I do that aren't best for my kids or myself, or I can choose to see the gifts that God has given me and the things God wants me to teach my kids. So then my response changes to, thank you, God, for this invitation. I'm not sure what you're planning, but I trust you, Lord, and I give you thanks in this. And help me to see these interruptions through your eyes. Interruption is God's invitation. God is inviting us to see him all around us in the lives of others, in our conversations, in us serving those in need. Interruption is not simply a matter of our heart developing patience, but it's about experiencing life. 
It's one of God's ways of waking us up to what's around us, to see that there's more than just, just to be done than our self-appointed tasks for the day, even as important as they are. And if you're like me and you tend to feel frustrated with all the interruptions that life can throw at you, let's be reminded that the things we think we just don't have time for might be the very thing that we need. So let's fill ourselves with expectation when an interruption comes because God is offering us an opportunity to meet a need. So today in closing, I close with this joke again. Knock, knock. Interrupting cow. Invitation. (laughs) Thank you, Sister Pur and Sister Rachel for that word of encouragement for us this morning. She is our youth pastor's wife and the most cool, calm, collected mama I know. She has twins, so the twins and one little active boy and she just goes through motherhood like it's nothing. So thank you ladies. Uh, Next up I'd like to invite our uh, main speaker for this morning's service. Uh, This woman is part of the furniture of POS. She has been here uh, even since before we came into the church. She is our director for um, our first impressions. That's it. First, imp- I've got mummy brains. First impressions ministry, and she is also a, a minister of the UPCA of Australia. Let's welcome up Sister Marcella Ferrari. good amen part of the furniture I love that if it is this house I love it all right you want to be part of God's house furniture amen God is good um, we just want to I want to thank sister Rowan for her confidence and pastor Stan I appreciate um, um, your input into my life uh, you're one of mom's favorite preachers mom is here with us and I'm sorry, Mum, but today is me. <laughs> but um, uh, she loves to, to listen to, you, to your preaching. And, and when she can at home, she just tries to find it on YouTube and she goes off. So it is an honour to be here with you. And, uh, and um, I, I don't take it lightly, and especially this Mother's Day. All right? It's, it's super special. And to have my mum here is great. So... Um, I want to share a few thoughts this morning that the Lord put in my heart. And in Luke chapter 1, the Bible tells us that the angel Gabriel was sent by God to Galilee to give a message to a young virgin. And she was already engaged to be married. Her name was Mary. And the message that the angel gave began by telling her that she was highly favored, that God was with her and she was blessed. Any of us will be more than happy to hear that, right? But the Bible says that Mary was troubled and she wondered what type of message this was. And the angel proceeded to reassure her not to be afraid and that she will conceive and give birth to a son, the son of the highest. His name will be Jesus and that of his kingdom there will be no end. So we're going to read from Luke 1, if you like to stand for the reading of the word. Luke chapter 1. Verses 34 to 38. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you 
and the power of the, of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So with the help of the Lord, I will share a simple thought. Let it be, Lord. Just let it be. God, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for the opportunity for every mother, every person that is sitting in this service. We pray that you will have your way, touch our hearts, encourage us, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Mary is a well-known Bible figure in the Christian world. She's known as the mother of Christ. Mary was an ordinary Jewish girl who recently became engaged to a carpenter named Joseph. And we can say that she was looking forward to marriage until God interrupts her plans. And in an instant, her life was changed forever. Fearful and troubled, Mary found herself in the presence of the angel Gabriel, listened to his announcement. And she could never have expected to hear the most incredible news that she would have a child and her son will be the Messiah. And although she could not comprehend how she can conceive the Savior, she responded to God with humble belief and obedience. Let it be to me according to your word. And Mary, filled with promise, shared the good news with her cousin Elizabeth, who was also pregnant. And they rejoice in the fact that nothing is impossible for God. Soon, her mountain experience became a walk in the valley and would know the feeling of disgrace as an unwed mother. Yet in the process, she nearly lost her fiancé, who was considering breaking the engagement privately, not to add to her public shame, until God gave him a dream that confirmed Mary's truth. She was carrying the Messiah. He rose from his sleep, the Bible says, and did what the angel of the Lord said to him, took her back to be his wife and we know the story of the birth of Jesus. We hear it every Christmas. Soon after his birth, Mary faced new opposition. The life of her baby was in danger. But you see, Mary is not first mentioned in the New Testament. The book of Genesis introduces Mary with this verse. In Genesis 3.15, it says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman between thy seed and her seed and he shall bruise thy head and I shall bruise his heel Mary was that woman that the Lord spoke about and this verse speaks of judgment as well as promise judgment against Satan and a promise to us there will be a savior one day that will bring restoration to humanity despite 
of the sin and the mistakes and the disobedience. In the beginning of time, Adam and Eve walked in the garden that God created. They were complete in him and totally unashamed. God gave them explicit instruction of how to live in this paradise, to have dominion over all creatures and the liberty to eat of every tree except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Most of us know the story. All went well until the woman was deceived by the serpent, Satan. She ate the fruit of the forbidden tree with her husband by her side. And their eyes were open and felt shame for the first time. In Genesis 3, we read that as Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord after they ate of the fruit, God was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, but they hid. It was different this time. God continued to ask where they were, and soon the men confessed his fear and his shame. And he said, I am naked. Verse 11 says, And he, this being the Lord, said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the men said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the deception that Eve fell for was to doubt God's word. We know that in Genesis 7 to 17, God gives the command of not eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or they will die. The serpent questioned God's truthfulness and said, you will not die when you eat it. And this statement was a fatal seed. A seed that we'll, we all of us must watch for. You can't trust what God says. That was the message of the serpent. In fact, God is withholding something better from you. You will be like God's. You are missing out, Eve. You are missing out. And this deception is very subtle. The world presents us to every single one of us. We want to taste what we don't have and not take into account the consequences. It is the most frequent lie of the enemy. And once it is conceived in our mind, it penetrates your belief system. I'm missing out. And if I'm missing out, perhaps God is not as good as he thinks. Or, or God is not as good as I think he is. God's goodness is questionable. And that is the work of the enemy in all of our lives. He wants us to question God's goodness. He wants to plant the fatal seed that if we entertain and penetrate our belief system, one day we may believe that God is not all that good. That he's withholding things from you and I. And we begin to think, I am missing out. Satan appeals to our pride and entices us to partake of sin. Just like with Eve, he says, you haven't experienced everything that you can experience. There is something better 
once you eat of that fruit. But the Bible is very clear when he says that the wages of sin is death. Proverbs says that there is a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So this morning we encourage you to choose life. Choose life this morning, tomorrow morning, and every day of your life. Choose Jesus Christ this morning. For he is the way and the truth and the life. No one can have access to redemption except through him. It's worth noting that Adam and Eve were given the power to rule over all the animal kingdom. They had authority over all the creatures, great and small, including the serpent. They did not use it at that time. And were both vanished from the Garden of Eden. Here's another lesson for us. If we don't use our authority over the enemy, we will lose that authority. So let's use that authority. Amen. There is a battle that has been raging for the souls of men and women since that time. And in the present time, it's up to the church of the living God to rise up and use the authority that God has given us to discern the work of the enemy and through prayer, advance against the kingdom of darkness and shake the gates of hell. Because we have that promise that the gates will not prevail against the church of the living God. A foundation is that very rock. That the other builders rejected Jesus Christ. So God told the serpent, See, curse are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust. And I will put the enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And right here is the final sentence against Satan himself, uttered by Almighty God. Your offspring and her offspring will be in conflict, but the victory will not be yours. You will be defeated. And I wonder, as, as God is passing the judgment on the serpent, I will put my enmity between you and the woman. What crossed Eve's mind when she heard the word woman? Who would she be? He is Eve, the mother of the human race who received that calling to populate the world. The first one to know God in a personal way, who experienced fellowship with him, did not measure the possible consequences of her disobedience. And on the other hand, by accepting God's will in her life, Mary was the entry point of God's redemptive plan. Saying, let it be done, Lord, began the fulfillment of Genesis 3.15. The willing vessel from which God himself will come to live on earth by means of flesh and blood. The seed of promise became the child in Mary's womb. The child who later will be the man Christ Jesus, the savior of the world. Here are two women, two mothers, who changed the trajectory of the human race. Eve's disobedience resulted in the fall of the entire world. The consequence was decay, death, physically and spiritually. Total separation from God. But Mary's obedience to God resulted in the offer of the free gift of salvation to the entire human race. The consequence paving the way 
for men and women to have access to eternal life through Jesus Christ. To restore communion with God. Unashamed once again, you and I. When we're able to say, Jesus, have your way. Romans 5.18 says, Therefore, as by one offense, one um, judgment came upon all the men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification for life. This is Jesus. For when one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. But so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So Mary knew that her life would hold many sacrifices as the mother of Messiah. However, perhaps she may not have imagined the pain of watching her beloved child bear the weight of the sins of the entire world. John 19 tells us that near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. And although she had company with her, her pain of seeing her son suffer such horrific death was unbearable. I imagine Mary, as she watched and cried, thinking back of the moment when she heard the angel say, your son will be the savior of the world. I imagine her remembering all the times he hugged her and held her. The many times she heard him speak, the many conversations they had, such as, my hour has not yet come, and now it had. The prophecy of the birth of Jesus was suddenly true. The cross cut deeply into Mary's heart. Despite the pain, Mary was there. She was a mother from the beginning and a mother at the end. A mother who is called by God never relinquishes her position. We'll find mothers like her in the hall of children's hospitals, in schools, in counselors' offices. Even if a child is rebellious, harsh or cruel, she will never relinquish her calling. Her heart just will not allow it. Not when she's called by God. So Mother's Day, as we've heard, can be a bittersweet day. Some of us may no longer have our moms with us or our relationship was broken. Some of us are struggling with the season in motherhood that we are going through. And others, we may feel like we are not mothers at all. But if you, but if you poured of your time and love on others, then yes, you are a mother. So let me say to all of us that we have trust in God, that God has chosen us for this time, for our families, and for this church. So don't walk away from God's calling, and don't give up your place in the kingdom, certainly not your authority over the power of the enemy. Just like Mary, stand strong this morning, and say, let it be done unto me, Lord. Mary had a chance to see God's entire plan played out. She suffered through the crucifixion. She celebrated the resurrection. And she was part of the small group that witnessed and received the powerful manifestation of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Imagine that. 
She received the power of God in her. And this time, God's spirit will never leave her. As a mother, I guess she received a wonderful gift to live long enough for parenting to make sense. Just like other common ordinary people of the Bible, like Noah and Abraham, Ruth and Moses, when they first heard the voice of God challenging them to a mission, they said, yes. They said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So this morning, I encourage you, when we pray in surrender and say, let it be, Lord, it does not mean whatever comes. Instead, we are actually activating the measure of faith in us. We are aligning ourselves to the word of God and obey what he's saying for us to do. We are ready to live the plan that he has for us. So every time we say, God, have your way, we don't mean just whatever comes. We mean, God, I trust in you. God, you are my defender. You are my strong tower. I may not have to have everything laid out for me, but I know and I trust that you have a plan. And I'm going to pray, play that part. So you could pray it now. You could say, let something new start in me today. Let restoration reign in my family today. Let your truth spread like wildfire across our city and our nation today. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your will be done. I will play my part. So from here on, you just show me the way. If you like to stand. God is good to us. Amen. Why don't we close our eyes and lift our hands. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you, Sister Marcella. And thank you, Sister Rachel, Sister Pura, for those tremendous messages and those words of encouragement that God has given to us. Praise God. The Bible describes the Lord as our father but the Bible also describes God as a as a mother in Deuteronomy chapter 32 the Bible tells us that as an eagle stirs up her nest fluttereth over her wings her her chicks it says so the Lord stirs up his children Jesus said as a hand gathers her brood under her wings to bring comfort to the little chicks. So the Lord gathers his people. Now the beauty about God is he is the perfect balance of what it means to be the perfect father and the perfect mother. They say that the, the busiest day for cards, for greeting cards, is Christmas. But the second busiest day is Mother's Day. And never more so than, than in the penitentiaries, in prisons. The prisoners, primarily, of course, male, were on that, that Mother's Day leading up that they would order cards or make cards to send a message out to their mothers. It's something about moms that, that we know no matter what will always be accepted. 
regardless of how how much we are wrapped back sometimes and do things that are not not pleasing to God or to our family we know that we can always call on mother and she will always say yes you can come home regardless of how bad that that drawing we do she'll always put it on the fridge with a magnet saying how look at that masterpiece that my son did that my daughter did and I want you to know God gives us that same kind of acceptance that this is his house to say come on home it doesn't matter how broken the pieces of your life are there's a God who says I'm always welcoming you my arms are always open to embrace you praise the name of the Lord it's never an interruption to God it's always an invitation like what we saw what we heard here today that God's given us this wonderful gift and the authority for us to call upon his name and for us to, to get the victory over our lives I wonder we've got a few minutes here this morning I believe God has spoken to us through the messages that we have heard and I want to invite you as we open up this altar perhaps you could come forward with your mom or moms you could come with your children your family if you have and I know for some it'll be a difficult day today maybe your mom has already gone on passed on and, and it's a sad day maybe you haven't had a good relationship with your mom maybe you're not even a mom biologically but yet you are nurturing and caring for others perhaps we can pray together as a family with our mothers and so I want to invite you to come out of your seat to this altar and spend some time with God to simply pray maybe God we want to ask God to, to bless our moms we want to ask the Lord to continue to touch her life to lead her and guide her and direct her steps maybe your mother here you're, you don't have any family but you want to pray for your children to be saved for your your children to know God hallelujah this is now our opportunity to respond to his word as we give our hearts and our lives to Jesus I want you to know your your Lord and your Savior he loves you with an undying love with an acceptance of who you are as you come giving your heart to the Lord hallelujah all over this building why don't we worship God oh yes hallelujah get together with somebody all over this building maybe you're alone here today get together with a friend with a sister and a brother precious Jesus and let's ask God to do a work in their life oh yes lift up your voices Face to all. 